Thanks for coming to learn with me. Uh, tonight we're going to, Mirza Hashem, finish the third parak. And um, pretty beautiful stuff here from Rav Kook. Very excited to learn it with you. Kol davr minat Torah. Anything in the Torah, bein bahagada, bein bahalacha. Whether it's uh, on the more agadic side of the Torah or whether it's the more strictly halachic side of the Torah. Tovei is tafkidola arvacha. So, betal shatchial yon. So, of course, says every aspect of Torah, up, up until this point, we've talked about how we interact with Torah, how we relate to Torah, how the learner of Torah relates. Now, what about the actual aspects of Torah itself? What about the small details? What about the sugyas of the Torah itself? So, of course, says every sugya of Torah, bein bahalacha, bein bahagada, any aspect of the Torah is toveya estavkidol arvacha, so leharvasa betal shotchialion. They all know. They all know, right? Kivyachal. Every aspect of the Torah knows from where it comes. It already knows the source, if you could say such a thing, from where it comes, that it's part of this big cloud. And it has this desire, as if to say every sugya that you have, I mean, it's amazing that we're personifying wisdom, but every sugya in Torah uh, has a residue from, from what he calls tal right? the res- divine residue. There's something, there's a lachluchas of the divine that inheres in every single aspect of the Torah. Every single sugya has a little bit of a residue, of a little bit of a moisture from this tal and, and when it's removed from it, when it's taken out of that place, so it's constantly, right, we could sense that this aspect of Torah is toveya. It demands to be, to be back in that light. It demands to be back in that place of tal and that place from where Torah, all Torah comes from is a storehouse of all of the greatest emotions man can feel and all of the greatest sciences that man can think of. This is the real notion, I think, of afachba, afachba, dekulaba, that everything is contained within the Torah, the loftiest human emotions, the loftiest, the deepest depths of human psychology, the deepest sciences, true sciences of how we interact with each other and how the world is and what the world will be throughout its history. So that's all in there. And that's where every proud of Torah comes from. And then things start to hurtle out from this great Klalius, right? All the Torah is this one big package deal, right? This Klal Gadol, this great undifferentiated light. And then as it descends into our world, it divides into millions of little Pratim, millions of little Diktuki, millions of little Sukhyas, all of them demanding their place in that great light, that place where they came from. This dita that we're learning comes from this place, this Otsar Hagasha Solyonos, this storehouse of the greatest of human emotion and the greatest sciences that we could think. He moves to the next paragraph, he says, if, that can, if that's what we can say about the Torah itself, about the Sugyas itself, about the Pratim themselves, so the same can be said, right? This is a quality, this is a trait. And this is a manifestation that we see in those who do learn Torah Lishma, who learn Torah with this idea in mind of returning these pratim, of constantly linking these pratim to the to learning Torah for the shame of Torah, not seeing it as the undifferentiated, unconnected, you know, uh, hodgepodge of ideas or sugyas. But this is the main tchuna, this is the main aspect of the tzimaon, of the thirst that's exhibited, right? You find this in Tamidah Chacham and people that really, really learn Torah. So you find there's like a tzimon, I need to chap more. Right? You may have heard, 
maybe, you know, I, I forgot exactly which Rosh Hashiva was already at this point. So, you know, the Rosh Hashiva, you know, called everybody, it's time to make a siyam. Uh, he's making a siyam ashas. And they said, Rebbe, you know, we know that you keep all of these different Sidri uh, Limud, Rosh Hashiva. You keep all these Sidri Limud, you know, what's, like, we didn't know that you were about to finish us. He says, this is the five-minute siyam. The five-minute siyam is because every single time I had five minutes to learn, so I took out a sefer and I learned from it. Something I heard from Rav Moshe Tzvi Weinberg once, actually. Rav Moshe Tzvi said, you know, when you get into Torah... And when you get into learning, it's the best thing because all you have to do, you could just like take a book anywhere. Like I could take this small book and, and I know what I want to do with it, right? Maybe for me, it's a little bit more twisted because I, I want to teach it and I want to use that teaching for, well, I have to figure out why I teach it. But, um, you know, on my best days, it's because I want to share my love with other people. But if you get into learning, like you, could, you can never be bored. You always have this deep simaon. You have this deep thirst to learn something. I believe I heard that from Moshe Tzvi. It's like, you know, you, you go somewhere for Shabbos, you're like, which safer am I going to put? What, what am I going to put in there? I got my Gemara, I got, uh, I got my Hasidus, I, I got my Siddur, I got everything. There's just this deep desire to learn and to connect everything. You want to see it all connected. And that's at Simon of those who are Oseik and Torah Lishma. At our best days, this is what we feel like when we're learning Torah. It's an Ava that Rav Kook's going to talk about later on. I love that this is all developed from. Now he says that, techuna, this trait of constantly returning things back to their source and constantly and feeling the demand of the details to be, to be drenched in the light of the great cloud, the Or Gadol, in the Tautchia. Sir Kuk says actually, this tchuna, this trait of those who learn Torah Lishmas, this actually has a negative side, perhaps a negative side. Um, it has a side that's darker, that's for sure. And it has a beautiful side. On one hand, it brings them lide merirus nefesh. It brings you to a bitterness of the spirit, bitterness of the soul. Lide alias neshama, on one side. Lide alias neshama, and it could bring you to a constant ever higher ascent of your soul, right? Approaching and attaining new hasagas and new levels in your life. For chavas das, an expansion of your wisdom and your understanding. On the other, so on one hand, meriris nefesh, a bitterness of the spirit. On the other hand, it brings you to this das kedusha, this holy, expansive wisdom on the other side. So let me ask you guys a question, if you, if you will. What kind, where does the bitterness come from? Right? Rav Kook was just telling us about how beautiful it is. All the Pratim are Toveyas Mekomam, Betal They want to go back to the Or Gadol. They want to be part of the great big whole. Right? And this is the Tchuna of the Lom Dimavoski Metorah Lishma. And he says, Where does that bitterness come from? What's the bitterness over here? You guys have any idea? Where does that come from? Because you want to know everything and there's so much to know. Okay. Right? So, so there's, that's very good, right? Already on one level, if you're a person that's committed to Torah and, uh, you know, you look at other people and you can say, they know, ha, maybe this is the way I see it, this kind of kin of sofer. How does they, how, did, how, 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 did, how does she know so much? Right? How do they know so much about, about this? And I've been struggling and I've been learning and I forget everything. And it also seems clear, you know, that in my whole lifetime, Right, I look at my shelves, I'm like, 
strong possibility that I'll leave this world without having cracked open some of these far, right? When am I? And then like, you know, then you start to like learn something and like all of a sudden, you, the more you learn, the more you find out, oh my gosh, there's so much I don't know. So there's a Marira's Nefesh in that. What else? What else? What other kind of bitterness might it be engendered by this Tichuna, by this trait of the Lometar Lishma? What else? Where's Rav Kook come to a bitterness of the spirit? Maybe like the Nefesh Behemis. Uh, what do you mean? Like there's the, the aspect of you that wants to be learning Torah Lishma, but there's also like the animalistic nature of you that obviously wants to like pull you away from that. Very good. That's the other thing that I want to go to, right? If, I, if I'm aware... If when I learn Torah, Torah learning is already important to me for one reason or another. Nagid. Okay? Naniach. So if I learn Torah with this understanding in mind of how I'm supposed to be learning Torah, what it should feel like, what it should actually be doing. So if, if that's true, if that's true, so there's a strong possibility, Ilan, that I'm not always going to be able to, to be successful in that. Right? This is really hard. This requires a lot of willpower. This requires a lot of focus. This requires a lot of equanimity. And it's, it's going to be really hard to do with any, with any sort of consistency. Just hearing it from Cook is a lot. And there's no better way. There's no better recipe for a bitterness of the spirit. I'm not talking about depression over here. I'm not talking about marashchorah. I'm talking about this positive kind of... <laughs> this positive kind of... Um, Right? There's, always, there's always going to be an aspect missing from your ha- happiness. I don't know how else to describe it. Right? There's always, I think it gives a kind of expansiveness of spirit, actually, when you meet people like this. Right? Because it means that there's something deeper going on in them. They're not always satisfied. They're not always happy. They're, they're pensive. It's very difficult for them to arrive at a place of unbridled happiness. Or maybe they do arrive at that place in spite of this. Right? People who have these personalities that go up and down, up and down. But the sense that something's missing... The recipe for that, I think, is to want something and to not have it. That constant search is about as easy a recipe as you could get for feeling a mariris, seeking the other part. That on one hand, there's a mariris nefesh, but you are willing to sustain. And Julian, you're willing to sustain that mariris nefesh, whether it comes from a lack of knowledge or desire for more knowledge, or Ilan, if it comes from an inability to connect this knowledge with how I should be connecting it, how I should be learning it, and not treating it like any other knowledge, the reason that you persevere is because Rav Kook finishes off the Ketty, he says, look, on the other hand, you have our Chavaz Das, Aliyas Neshama, okay, your soul can, can ascend higher and higher, you can obtain an expansive kind of wisdom, a new way of seeing the world. Next Ketah. Let's go. We have a little ground. We have a little bit of ground to make up if we want to finish the parak. Bechol limon. Any time we learn yeshnitza chalora klali miskalebakol. So whenever we learn properly, so we'll find there is a spark of everything that is revealed in everything. Okay, what that means, you could have everything, you have all these different pieces, all these different parts. So within each part, you have a spark that symbolizes all of them together. Nitzah Shalora Klali, Rav Kook calls it. 
and the value of that particular animating spark within everything. I mean, basically what animates every small sugya, every small halacha, every disparate din, every disparate diktuk, every pasuk is the fact that it is, contains the DNA of all of the rest of the Torah, something that we've talked about, right? It's a, it, in, the, in the part contains the entire, the sum of all parts. In the part contains the entire whole, right? It's because of yichuso, Rav Kook sometimes yichus in modern Hebrews with the samach, Rukuk sometimes replace, especially with the word yachas, replaces the samach with a shin or sin. Even though all this work is hard, Ilan, because this connects what you mentioned before of this Marius, it's hard because that nitzutz, that little signpost that says, hey, this, this particular prat in Torah is connected to everything else and is, and is, you know, should contain with it all the light and all the revelation of the greatest things possible at our Sinai. So that's because it's behel mode. It's very difficult to locate and very difficult to find and to extract it. Vigiluyorak mitzada pratius. And it's only becoming revealed to us here in a detail. So it's going to be very hard to see. Um, you know, we're just looking at a cog instead of the entire machine. Ve'ausik v'toro l'shma daso v'liba nesunum l'atzpiyak lalis shala. But somebody that's learning Torah l'shma or on their way to learning Torah l'shma, they're always learning with, with an eye towards this. They're always looking to get towards where's that nitzutz in what I'm learning. Where's the klali in this particular thing? That's part of the kavana that you should have. And when you do that, eventually you'll start to feel the, or klali, the great light of all the big things, of the deepest kind of limudim, of the things that really, really touch your soul, of the things that your chafetz to learn, that will become revealed in every prat that you learn. Then you rise to a new level of hasag, of understanding of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His Torah. Gimelches. Let's move on. So far, so good? Yeah? Making sense? Gimelches. This is a gorgeous, gorgeous piska. Listen to this. We'll move a little bit quicker because I'd love to uh, finish this particular piska. Bechachmos v'yedios ha'olam b'metzios ha'muchos hininu ro'im shenach lomar im magadlu ma'asech Hashem gamkein berov hishtomimus makatnu ma'asech Hashem. Rav Kook quotes Tillim and Rav Kook is going to make a, uh, draw another metaphor uh, between the natural world, right? last week we learned about a metaphor of the body and the heart and the, the circulatory system. Now Rav Kook is going to use nature. So, looking at our world, looking at the sciences, looking at reality, that we can feel, that's tangible, that's sensible, we see, it's very right and proper to say when we look out at the world, from Tillim. Right? Look how unbelievable Hashem's world is, right? Go turn on BBC's Planet Earth. Look at how unbelievable Hashem's world is. Hashem's world is, go look at a sunset. Hashem's world is filled with beauty. Hashem's world, we have a vaccine, right? Hashem's world is filled with the most unbelievable things that human beings can do in the natural world. Look at that. On the other hand, or at the same time, Rav Cook advocates for saying, Makatnu Masech Hashem. We think that we only have to praise Hashem for the magnificent, for the things that blow us away, for the, the blockbusters. Rav Kook says, no, you should also be saying, Makatnu ma'asech Hashem. How small are thy works, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, You've done it all with wisdom. Rav Kook's going to explain over here. Because this Makatnu ma'asech Hashem, Rav Kook is not the one who, who came up with um, this turn of phrase. It actually appears in the Kuzari. Right, Makatnu Masech Hashem, the Kuzari, 
um, the king of the Khazars is speaking to the uh, is speaking to the Khaver, and they're discussing, you know, that I can accept that Hashem, you know, created all the Galgalim, all the celestial bodies, all these massive things, but really want to tell me that Hashem is Mashkiach and every single on the ant. So the Khaver explains. The Khaver says the same wisdom that created gravity and the orbits and the constellations and the entire universe with all of its physics and properties is the same wisdom, the same divine wisdom that created, you know, I don't know, the, the vision of a fly, right? Or, or you know, the, the, ability of, uh, the ability of bacterium, you know, to reproduce, right? That's all part of the same, Hashem. how small are they works, Hashem? He says, this means, just as we're blown away by the massive celestial bodies, the great expanses and distances between filled with the constellations and filled with comets and all kinds of, of celestial bodies. And on that we say, Hashem, your creation is so far beyond our understanding, so far beyond our ken and our ability to encompass to 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 encompass. We look at the great forces of nature. So too, we should be blown away by looking by looking within. Right? I saw something really cool once that the same way you guys ever like see like one of these websites where they show you know there's like you, then there's New York, and there's the United States, then there's continent, then the world, and you go 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 until you know you're looking at like the Milky Way. You ever seen one of those? So they said that the same scale that you could go, and this is a mind blowing thing, the same scale that you could go big you could go small also, right? If you descend down, you know, you start to go into our cells and you start to go into the finer pieces and then you start to go into quarks and gluons and all kinds of subatomic particles or whatever, that's the same scale that you could go small. Now that's mind blowing, right? That's like, that's like, the, like there's literally, we are as big as the universe, our bodies are as big as the universe might be to us to the smallest subatomic particles within us, right? We're in the middle actually. Right? So Rav Kook says we should be looking at the small world and we should be saying Hashem as well. That should bring us the same degree of Ishtomimus as well. The depth of Hashem's creation, even in its finest, uh, smallest expressions. In the different pieces and anatomy of the smallest creatures. In the smallest physical properties, the smallest physical properties that we could find in the world. That's all the Kaddish Baruch Hu it's only through a knowledge of both of these sides, how big it can get and how small it can get. And being equally understanding that all of that is Masa Hashem, that all of that is the Chachm of Hashem, Magadlu and Makatnu Masach Hashem, understanding the two extremes, the, the quark and the galaxy, understand where we stand in relation to both of them. Shalagodu Vakoten, of greatness and smallness. Yismalet Sira Metzias Belibashla so now we can start to get a sense of what's going on inside of our own hearts, of what's going on inside of Libo Shal Adam, what makes us up, what comprises who we are. And now we can use this metaphor to understand how it works in the Torah. 
Klolus Asagos El Yono Shababideus Aklolus Barachos at Sedekil Yon Vachmas Urchonis Nolos, Hemaran Adam Olamali Shal Gidula Shal Musagim Kolim Shem Kichokhe Shachak. On one hand, we find the greatest understandings, the greatest encompassing wisdom, Deus Haklalius, Orchos Tzedek, the most perfect, righteous path to living a life, Chachmas Aruchios Nalalos, the deepest spiritual wisdom that humanity has been able to attain. Right? They come to us and we see them in its greatness. We see Mamed Har Sinai, Mamesh. Musagim Klalim, these are the constellations of Torah. These are the celestial bodies of Torah. From this uplift that we get from encountering Torah and all of its greatness and all of its expansiveness, person now must understand that the same way that there is such a spiritual uplift, that there is such hasagos when we consider the the constellations of Torah. Like we said about Rabbi Akiva and the Gemara Menachos, Rabbi Akiva was Dorish Tile Tile. It's a very tragic Gemara, but Rabbi Akiva would be darshaning mounds and mounds of Allah's piles, mountains of Allah's on every coats, on every, on every line, on every crown, on the Tage Osios. Rabbi Akiva would darshan Tile Tilem Shal Allah's. Now you could ask, where are they? But this is a notion that this is the other, this is the microscopic side of the Torah. And the microscopic side of the Torah, even darshaning the Kutzel Shoyud, even darshaning the Tage Osios like Rabbi Akiva, you could have mountains, you could have entire worlds in that also. That's seeing the greatness, that's Makot Numa Hashem when it comes to Torah. That's the metaphor of Kukis setting up. You, you hear? Right? You guys hear? Show me you understand. Show me you understand. Very good. Okay? And this Rav Kuk is flying here. He says... You have to teach yourself, and you have to say to yourself, and you have to you have to internalize. The same way that we find such wisdom, that we find such treasures in the big ideas. We can find them in the smallest microscopic, most minuscule, seemingly small areas of Torah. We start to find right, the spreading out. Right, We have like the roots of Torah, we have the trunk of Torah, and then the branches, and the branches start to spread out to millions and millions of smaller branches. That's how Torah develops. That's these tile tilim shalalachas ha'olechem espatzel it's infinite. It's through this understanding that a person is now able to learn the smallest details of Torah, the smallest prate pratim, and recognize Ma Rabu Hashem. These are Makatnu Masach Hashem, Magadnu Masach Hashem. To see the greatness even in these small details. And now he'll finally be able to bring together the great things and the small things, the constellations and the cells. The Gemara in Sukkah tells us about Rav Yochanan Medzaka's Bikiyas and everything. There wasn't any area of Torah. That he studied, and the Gemara says at the end, he says that, that he knew everything—the big things and the small things. He knew Davar Gadol, so that's Ma'aseh Merkava, which we know is a uh, byword for learning Kabbalah and Sitrei Torah, and Davar Katan, so that's Avayas Avayderava, the Machloks in Avayderava. So, as a little treat, 
and I have one minute left, so I'll show you a keta. Uh, Sepharia seems to have it wrong. Um, Sepharia puts it bemechilas uh, kevodam. Sepharia has this from the Baal Shem Tov, Keser Shem Tov, Chelek Aleph, Kuf, Membez. Um, in the Kehos edition, so it's Kuf, it is Kuf, Ayin Dalet. Kuf Ayin Dalet. But you can read it here, okay? You guys following along? I'm not going to move my, uh, listen to this. Baal Shem Tov, baby. Okay? Here's what the Besh says. The Besh, Begemara. The Gemara in Sukkah, Dachav Ches, Ahmed Bey says, Davar Gadol V'davar Katan. Big things and small things. The great things, we're talking about Maisim Merkava, witnessing a Baruch's revelation of the celestial bodies upon the earth. And Davar Katan are the Havayas, the Machloks in Avai Verava, the Sugyas of Avai Verava. Vikasha, and I have a question, says the Baal Shem Tev. How could it be that we call the Havayas of Abai Verava Davarkatan? So we already have our answer from Kuk that Davarkatan over here is not meaning that it's something small. It's actually praise. It's equivalent. It's just different than the Dvarim Gedolim. But the Baal Shem Tov is troubled by that. This is the main thing that our Torah taught us at Har Sinai. We got this from Kodesh Baruch this is what you need to say. The MS, in truth, and you could see the Baal Shem Tov over here saying, or is being reported to say some things that we're very familiar with from Rav Kook already. Nigla, Nister, it's all the same. We had that many Shirim back in the second parak, in the beginning of the second parak. Everything goes, when you learn Torah, everything goes according to your Kavana. Now, we spent a lot of time talking about Kavana, what it means to learn Torah Lishma. It's all good so long as you have the proper Kavana. If I'm learning just to know this particular detail, to learn this particular thing, so I'm not going to merit to any, probably not to any memory and probably not to any growth and certainly not to any Elias Neshamara Sagas. She'alav namar v'cholchazta ketzitz ha'sadeh. Quotes from the Rav Yeshaya, all of your, all your goodness over here will be like the chaff of the field. It's going to be ultimately worthless. You're not going to have anything to bring up with you. Or as Rav Kook would say, to Klolius or Gadol. If that's your Cheshek, the Dveikas, I understand the words are somewhat different between the Sfari edition and the Keser Shem Tov. I suppose that the Chabad one is the correct one because they really did, uh, uh, who was this, Rabbi Shaken? Um, they did a really, really good critical edition of this over here. Not critical, but, you know, footnoted. They did a really phenomenal job. Anyway, he says, but if I have a kavana to learn Torah, my cheshek is l'dveikos Hashem Yisbarach, to connect to Hashem Yisbarach, which we've learned, lehios merkavalo, to be a chariot for HaKadosh Baruch to be a vessel for Hashem Shechina. Ve'en l'zederach ki'em ha'yidei Torah Mitzvah, and you know the only way to achieve that is through learning Torah Mitzvah. Azayin ha'yidei Torah Niglas, so whether you're learning Nigla or Nister, it doesn't matter so long as you have the Kavana to learn it Lishma. So long as you learn it Lishma, it doesn't matter what you're learning, it's all the same. It's all one, and you'll be a Merkava Lishkina. And the Balshamta finishes of Yerizesha Kavsov. This is what it's written. This is what the Gemara and Sukkah says according to the Balshamta. Lachtog, 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 Lacht
So somebody that's learning to sharpen their intellect or for their own personal pleasure of learning or for any other reason, for his own ulterior motives, that's davar katan. Right, that I'm serving Hashem, I'm learning Torah, but my learning Torah is not really a service of Hashem. And Torah can be a davar katan. It's the same way as I would learn science or any other individual detail. And of course I'm going to forget it because I'm just looking at a million different little details and how could I remember all those details? But on the other hand, someone that wants to be a chariot for Hashem Shechina in this world, through their Torah learning, it's Davar Gadol. What what the Baal Shem Tov is saying over here is that everything could be a Davar Gadol. Every aspect of Torah learning that you could do, every prod of Torah learning that you do can be a Maaseh Merkava. Or, if I learn it without the Kavana, it could all be small, Chas v'shalom. And I don't want to make it that. And it could just be Havaya Sabai Verava, and Havaya Sabai Verava is disconnected from the rest of the Torah. I'm not going to remember the Havaya Sabai Verava, and I'm certainly not going to have an Elias Neshama or find that, that which it is that I'm looking for. So my bracha to you guys went a little bit over time. Brachat you guys.